John Jones, the cameraman, will refuse to move from the top of the octagon. <laughs> <laughs> they're completely stationary. They're numb to what they're seeing. It's incredible both, how stoic he is. With, with both, an exciting... <laughs> both fighters are completely... Oh my god! This is so unbelievable! Both fighters are trading complete stuns. We're on the verge of a flash knockout on one side or the other. Oh my oh, god! No. Oh my god! The clinch again! This could be oh, it! He doesn't this look could good. be it! He pulls the arm out! Does Jones have enough? Cormier's gotta get a dodge right here. He's finished. Oh! With 90 seconds left in there, these two reptiles just finished devouring each other. Sons of bitches just gave me the greatest gift that a man could ask for. And hello, welcome to today's episode of the MCC Podcast. We got a jam-packed episode for you today. Today's guest is John. John, how are you doing? I'm doing so good, Max. Thanks for having me on again. Uh, super excited for this one. Yeah, honestly, this is something we've been looking forward to for some weeks now. Uh, we've arrived to Mirko Mania, the namesake of the Mirko Krokop League. Uh, the grandest stage of them all, the final show in season one, uh, everybody's last chance really to make an impact and uh, to kind of stamp season one um, with some great performances. So I'm looking forward uh, to talking about the card a little bit for Mirko Mania, and I'm looking forward to uh, some other topics that we have for today. But the, the main meat and potatoes of today's episode, if you will, John, is the season one awards which we've officially dubbed the crow copies we're going to be handing out crow copies tonight how does that sound i've been waiting all year for this max i think a lot of us have gone through this season have we've we've had those moments throughout the season that we've all reflected back on and just thought about man that that could easily win an award or that was an unbelievable moment in the league uh, and to have the Crow copies at the end of this year to essentially culminate all the incredible moments into one award show, uh, pretty special, pretty special. So I'm, I'm, I'm super pumped and I know everyone else will be excited too. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a great first season. Like you said, there's so many amazing uh, moments throughout this first year. And I think it's the perfect time to highlight it as we wind down season one and wrap things up at Mirko Mania. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump right into it. Um, and let's talk about the Scrappy Award. All right, so the Scrappy Award is a crow copy that's handed out to the team that isn't known for the win-loss record, uh, but they're known for always being in the fights. Um, you know, definitely a fight team that when you see them, like I said, you look at the win-loss record and you might be thinking, hey, I'm, my fighter's headed towards a W here. Uh, and then you look back after the fight happened, it's like, holy shit, how did I survive that? Um, so you ready for the nominees? I'm, I'm ready. Hit, hit me with it. The Scrappy Award. The nominees are The Shield, Team Underdogs, Evolution, and LWO. Talk to me about 
uh, how scrappy the shield has been this year, John. Wow. Um, yeah, Austin and the shield have been so incredibly scrappy. You know, when I, when I, when I think about this award, I, it's, it's tough because uh, Austin has improved so much to the point where um, is he even scrappy anymore? Right. That's, that's kind of how I think about the shield's performance this year. Um, certainly someone who does his homework and makes sure that he knows exactly what he's bringing into each fight. Uh, I had, I've, I've, I've had the privilege of having some wars with the shield and every single fight, uh, no matter what, seems like it is going to be um, just con an evolution throughout the entire match. And you just have to be on your toes. Uh, and Austin always brings it. It's very rare that you're going to catch Austin uh, with a flash knockout. Uh, he tends to kind of weather the storm and do a good job of, of getting into some later rounds. Uh, and he's been a part of some very special moments in this league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, how could you not say that he's scrappy, right, Max? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, <laughs> I think about that Jones-DC fight. I mean, that that's not oh. a definition of, you know, hanging tough with an undefeated, you know, five-star uh, fighter and John Jones. And the fact that, you know, DC was in every moment of that fight, <laughs> it was uh, definitely an amazing performance. Um, moving on, Trevor also known for being really scrappy here late um you know started out i think we all remember the the submission he was in and he goes which one is me and a few seconds later he's he's sub <laughs> and uh how far he's come to you know i think about the michael chiesa performance and the ultimate fighter subbing wonder boy thompson in 50 seconds um i think about charles Oliveira killing killing habib Nurmagomedov. um We've seen some really scrappy performances from underdogs as of late. Uh, he put up a great performance even against me, uh, Derek Brunson against Kevin Holland. That was a great back-and-forth fight. Um, Trevor, you know, my guy, Team Underdogs, has absolutely lived up to their name. Definitely an underdog in most fights. Um, obviously, the win percentage isn't quite where he'd like it, but he's put forth some very, very great performances uh, in this league and definitely – uh, I think is a definite definition of scrappy. Couldn't say it better. Moving on. Let's talk about evolution evolution uh, man by Luis. Um, again, in a lot of fights, I think um, there were definitely some, some upsets. If you call them that at the hands of Luis, I think about um, Early on, he got a sub off of uh, GSP with Yoel Romero. I don't think any of us saw that coming. I remember when uh, I got paired up against him, Aspen Ladd and Ronda Rousey, and just how quickly he really dominated me with Rousey in that fight with the submissions. And really, he, he kind of made that his, his stamp this season was to be a submission specialist. And you have to commend him at how how many submissions he's able to throw in a fight. I think he definitely has the record for the most submissions in one fight. I'm definitely thinking of that Alistair Overeem, John Jones fight where he, I must've had to get out of like 15 submissions. And uh, obviously it's hard to do. Um, it's hard to get out of that many, um, but it's hard to put forth that many, right? It's hard to continue to get your opponent in a position where you can submit them, especially managing the stamina and making sure that each submission does enough damage to 
you know, withstand uh, your opponent getting out. Um, so we've definitely seen some, some scrapper performances from Luis this year. Yeah, agreed. And who can forget his performance on the ultimate fighter, right? With Tony Ferguson, um, mm. just an absolute pleasure to coach and yeah, uh, with you, and, with and you just, in his corner. Yeah. Yeah. And just, uh, just Luis, uh, definitely is a student of the game, which I appreciate. And I think that lends itself to being scrappy. Uh, and he's done a great job of, of learning the game. Um, definitely not a game that's in his wheelhouse, but he's, he's done a great job this season um, to really build on uh, his, his performances. And uh, I love the preparation he puts into his fights. So uh, definitely Absolutely. a scrappy one. Absolutely. And finally, talk to me about um, the Bullet Club, right? So a very recent name change, uh, but we've come full circle from the start of the league to the end, and we're headed into season two as the Bullet Club is formerly known as LWO. But talk to me about Franklin's scrappiness this season. Yeah, Max, this, this is, uh, if, I was, if I was a betting man or I was picking, this would be my pick. Uh, LWO, Franklin, a.k.a. the Bullet Club, um, 16, 36, and 1. So when you look at that record, to your point, when you talked about what this award is, um, you look at that record and on at face value, you wouldn't think that uh, Franklin is in a lot of fights, right? That he's not competitive. But it's really the complete opposite. There, there, very, there are very few fights where Franklin does not get his opponent rocked and in a very bad place early on, especially that first round. He is just, he comes out so strong uh, and he has damaged so many fighters early on. Um, now that wildness gets him caught in a lot of his fights, right? Which kind of shows in his record. But when you talk about scrappy, uh, and you talk about the ability to just bring it in every single fight uh, with fireworks, that's Franklin. Uh, and uh, this year, all year long, right? I, I can't even think of a fight where he did not uh, get a stun on his opponent, um, which it, not everyone can say. So, yeah, for me, Franklin, Bullet Club, uh, scrappiest team this year. Yeah, listen to, listen to some of these performances, though from Franklin, right? So you've got the knockout of Masvidal with Robbie Lawler. Massive. You've got the performance with Andrade very recently against Joanna in what was Joanna's toughest fight of the year. Um, and a last-minute kind of call-out at Night of Champions 2, and Andrade puts forth an amazing performance. Um, I mean, even early on, Jan Bohovic against Dan Henderson – you know, AJ won with Dan Henderson and Henderson rode off into the sunset, but the legs of Dan Henderson were absolutely gone. And this is AJ who checks a ton of kicks and the legs I were could, completely, I could to that. Yes. completely dead from uh, Jan. He's been, like you said, in so many fights. I think uh, you called it out that he kind of defines this award. And you said, if you were picking, uh, that he would be the person chosen. And actually the people picking are um, actually from our home office, our home office in Croatia. Uh, so that. these nominees have all been submitted to uh, our home office in Croatia. Mirko himself. Blind ballot in a blind yeah, ballot. Mirko himself actually looked over all of these. And then a commission of about 10 uh, to 12 judges, if you will, actually looked over and decided the winner. So, um, let's get to the winner, the scrappy award, the first crow copy ever given out in the MCC. The scrappy award goes to 
Bullet Club. Wow. Hats off to Franklin. Well-deserved. 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 You said it. The definition of this award uh, has been Franklin this season. I think the win-loss could easily move, you know, 10 to 15 of those losses to the win side based on how close they were. Um, he was in every single fight, was absolutely scrappy, and I'm not surprised that he's walking away with the first Crow Copy Award tonight. Let's move on, though. Uh, the next award up is going to be the Most Improved Fight Team, and I believe you, friend, have the nominees for us, if you'll start with the first one. Absolutely. So another very exciting category, a lot to talk about here, Max. Um, but with the first nominee in the most improved fight team, we have the shield. So tell me about the shield and that journey throughout this season for, for Austin. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the recurring themes that I'm constantly talking about how much the shield has improved, um, from, you know, the original inception of this league to even just from, you know, bet with your life up until night of champions too, man, it's going to be hard pressed. Uh, I mean, I'm everybody I think that is nominated in this category has, you know, the right to say that they were close to most improved or they were most improved, but I mean, God damn the DC Jones fight. <laughs> Austin has improved so much on the feet to the point where it's honestly not a liability for him anymore. He can easily stand. Uh, he can take you to the ground and submit you, which is his forte. And uh, he only went away from it because he wanted to give himself more of a challenge. And he actually turned himself into, for my money, a top four striker in this league, if not top three. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable performance uh, late in the year. Um, you think about that run that he went on with Daniel Cormier. Um, falling up just short, but just amazing performance after amazing performance. Uh, Austin absolutely has improved so much in so many facets of the game that, uh, from for my money, he's probably the biggest favorite. Yeah, not much to add there. Austin's done an incredible job of evolving his game, and um, yeah, quite honestly, was was part of the fight that basically broke the league. So. It's hard to, uh, to argue with that, Max. Our second nominee uh, is Team Underdogs, Trevor from Team Underdogs. What a season uh, Team Underdogs had. I mean, when you Honestly. talk about, like, like you mentioned earlier, Max, not even knowing the mini game for the submission, not knowing what bar he was early on uh, when he was defending a submission, and then to go from that, not just to go from that and – knock out a bunch of people, right, and stand up and, and knock out a bunch of people. But to go from that to uh, what I think we could both agree is one of the more challenging things to do in the league, which is to submit and, and to start submitting some, some high-class fighters uh, and world-class fighters is, is such an improvement that it's, it's hard to argue uh, with Trevor being on this list and right at the top of it, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
turn himself into, you know, a submission specialist. He dominated in ground and pound, a strategy that not a lot of the league really used as kind of their go-to strategy. And he did for a large portion of the season. And then also the ability to adapt to what his opponent gives him. Absolutely not a skill that everybody has and something he didn't have to start the league. And he really has come across um, as somebody that will adapt to whatever you give them in the fights nowadays. Um, and I mean, let's not forget, he took AJ to a decision. That's not something a lot of people have done. Most people happen. enter the, enter the octagon with AJ and walk out with a loss via KO TKO or submission. And he took him to decision, um, which only, you know, two or three people have done. So I think, uh, I think he absolutely, like you said, is deservedly on this list. Moving right along, we have with our third nominee uh, in the Most Improved Fight Team Award, Team Evolution. So Luis from Evolution, talk to me about his performance this year. Yeah, Evolution is a mystery. Um, No, the one one thing you can say about Luis is that he has absolutely improved throughout this season. I mean, I wasn't surprised that he was on the list for the Scrappy Award. And again, I'm not surprised that he's here because he's, he's in a ton of fights. Um, and obviously, uh, he isn't where he would like to be as far as, you know, the performance and the wins, losses. Um, but he has put forth some really, really fantastic efforts. Um, he's gotten so much better at the ground game. He's kind of made that his forte. He wants to be, you know, the submission specialist. He made some trades to kind of cement himself at that and um you know it's it's really it's it's really nothing but hats off to him for saying hey I want to get better at this and doing so right like not just taking an L on the chin week after week but finding a part of the game that he can be good at and skilled at uh to take away some W's it's been really cool to see uh and I think that as we continue to be in this league and play this game you know, everybody's going to get better. And I think that's one thing I definitely want to make known is like there's everybody's gotten better. Um, these are, you know, just a handful of nominees, but absolutely uh, Luis definitely deservedly on this list. And rounding out this category for us, uh, certainly not least, uh, we have Browns equals crowns. So Eric from Browns equals crowns wraps up this category for us. Um, what a year. Eric had and team Browns equals crowns had when you consider that the beginning of the year, they came in as a submission heavy team. It's no surprise. Everyone knew that uh, and dominated their way uh, through the first few weeks of the um, season one using submissions primarily, right? When you consider Khabib uh, in his fight camp early on, one of the most dominant fighters in season one under Eric mostly submissions, right? Uh, And then, shockingly, to the surprise of everyone in the league, Browns equals Crowns decides a quarter of the way through the season, you know what? We're not satisfied with just winning by submission. We're going to switch our entire game up. We're going to stand and bang with every team. Um, Max, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on Browns equals Crowns. Yeah, I mean, you you said it there, right? Uh, started off as, you know, 
the one person you didn't want to get caught in a submission against with low stamina and uh, was absolutely making people pay from that standpoint, really utilizing exceptional game plan uh, at getting you caught with low stamina in a submission. Um, and then adding just a really great stand-up to his arsenal, right? I think we talk so much about the stand-up improvement from Austin and the Shield, but really Eric has done a lot of the same improvements. Um, he can stand and bang, and he's done so with fighters that you wouldn't really consider stand and bang fighters. Um, he did a much better job at standing with Habib Nurmagomedov. He did a much better job at standing with Brock Lesnar and really putting forth great performances that are a little more well-rounded than going straight for the submission or mainly going for the submission. So when I think of most improved fight team, he absolutely puts himself right there. And with that, as we've been talking through this, this award category, Max, I've been dying to know who, who's won this, uh, this, this Crow copy. So please do the honors. Yeah, we're going to hear from the commission in Croatia uh, right now. The winner of the most improved fight, fight team Crow copy is The Shield. Sierra, Hotel, Indigo. The Shield. Echo, Lima, Delta. The Shield. Yeah, Austin, obviously, to me, is, is the most improved. You could have argued that at the beginning of the league, when we had, uh, what was it, nine users with Jeff or eight users, um, if you don't count them at the beginning of the league, that... <laughs> you love it. You love to see it. Yeah, you, you could argue, though, that he might have been sixth, seventh, eighth overall as far as performances in the league. Um, just because, you know, he, he could submit you, but, uh, you know, his that was his bread and butter. If you stood up with him, you know, it, it was game over. And uh, he actually has become very formidable in all realms of the game and is, uh, for my money, a top four fighter in this league for uh, maybe close five with some other people. But, I mean, it's incredibly tough. And I just keep going back to that DC John Jones fight. Um, you know, it, it took an incredible performance from him to make that fight what it was. And, you know, that is not the same Austin or the same DC that I fought at the beginning of the year. So most improved fight team for sure is the shield. Yeah. Uh, what a well-deserved from Austin. He again um, has culminated his season one with one of the greatest things we've ever witnessed. So uh, well done, Austin. Uh, way to evolve your game and continue to improve. Well-deserved. All right. All right. So let's move on to a big one. KO of the year. We're looking for the biggest knockouts of the season. There were so many. <laughs> Honestly, I would hate <laughs> to have to actually have been the person to, you know, go through fight pass and look at every single fight and look at all of the KOs and then decide, uh, what were the best and what were the nominees, but somebody did that in Croatia for us, which is nice. Um, and uh, the nominees are Robbie Lawler versus 
Jorge Masvidal uh, via jumping roundhouse. Paulo Costa versus Anderson Silva via overhand in 46 seconds. Connor Mr. Lad McGregor versus Justin Gaethje one via elbow. Kevin Holland versus Robert Whitaker via hooks. And finally, Tim Elliott versus TJ Dillashaw via uppercut, which led to TJ being released. Wow. We have five huge knockouts there. Um, I'll let you start, man. Just just pick one that stands out to you from that group. Yeah, how how do you how do you get this down to five? Is the question. I mean, you gotta you gotta appreciate the Croatians for for showing up and, and helping us out here because this is a KO heavy league, and uh, there was probably two hundred to pick from, wouldn't you say? At least, at least, um, if not five hundred. <laughs> so, pretty pretty insane. Um, I think I would love to start with Kevin Holland versus Robert Whitaker. Um, to me, still to this date. Uh, one of the craziest knockouts that I've seen and witnessed uh, primarily because uh, Robert Whitaker was basically back. He was, he was turned the other way. Um, and Kevin Holland essentially tried to end Robert Whitaker's life with those hooks. Um, just a crazy, crazy scene. And then of course the fight cam and the, the cam at the end of the round, the slow motion, uh, just so insane. Um, and it really put, Kevin Holland on the map and really, really helped accelerate where he was in getting to that middleweight championship. So uh, kudos to you, Max, for, for being part of that knockout uh, on the, uh, on the delivering end. Uh, appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that, that's certainly one that sticks out to me. How about you? Yeah, that, that obviously was a, was a great one. Still some animations that I haven't seen. Uh, that was the first time I saw and I haven't seen since with the whole standing over and pummeling with hooks as Whitaker was down. And actually that was the championship fight. Holland won the championship That's right. off of Whitaker uh, with that knockout. Definitely a big one. Um, for me, there's, there's definitely some big ones here. Um, McGregor versus Gaethje. Uh, absolutely massive, massive fight. Um, this was, this was the knockout that got McGregor, the lightweight title. Remember McGregor cashed in. I'm sure you remember cashed in on Justin Gaethje um, after Gaethje finally uncrowned and unseated uh, Herbie Namagamedov. And then Connor cashes in. It's really not even a close first round. Honestly, you know, Gaethje had some moments, but that first fight uh, was heavy, heavy in Connor's direction. And it ended um, with Gaethje pushing and, pushing right into an elbow. Um, and we saw a lot of that s- same kind of strategy repeated in the second fight with whichever fighter was pushing uh, ended up, you know, losing the end of those exchanges due to the counters and Connor in that counter elbow, you know, it got him two massive victories over Justin Gaethje. So uh, that first one though, to win the lightweight title um, was, was really incredible. So hats off to you for that one. Uh, another one that stands out um, is Tim Elliott and TJ Dillashaw. You know, we had seen TJ in an extremely close fight 
at Night of Champions 1, and this is, uh, I don't believe you were with us for the first Night of Champions, but an extremely close fight. Actually, it might have been. Extremely close fight between Dillashaw and Yan, where Dillashaw was winning the fight. Um, at the time, he was part of the Bullet Club, and uh, Piotr Yan ended up winning the fight, even though Dillashaw had led and won the first round. And, um, you know, that was the previous performance that we saw from Dillashaw. It was like, hey, he tipped this loss, but he's still a big-time competitor in the Bantamweight division. And then the following fight, he's matched up against Tim Elliott of Team Underdogs, and he gets brutally knocked out in a savage way with the uppercut in a way that we haven't seen uh, Dillashaw been beaten. And it was, it was just incredible to see uh, from Team Underdogs because there was a lot of trash talk between these two fight clubs going into this. And for Trevor to win that emphatically uh, was, was a big, big-time KO. But not to be outdone, the Bullet Club has their own massive knockout here. Um, I don't really want to talk about it, so I'll let you talk about Robbie Lawler's jumping roundhouse uh, to George Masvidal. Yeah, th- this, uh, this fight, and I can understand why you don't want to talk about it, but what a moment for, for both fight teams. Uh, during Mortal Kombat, it was, uh, right, is that correct, right? It was a Mortal Kombat fight. It was uh, no. This was um, this was following what came right after Mortal Kombat. Oh, that's right. He won the yeah. contract at Mortal Kombat. Correct. Yep. Yes. Yes. And then and then this was for the title. Oh, I think this might have been Bad Blood. This is Bad Blood. This is Bad Blood this for the title. Blood. Correct. Yes. Um, a, I, I'd be I honestly I think all of us were very very surprised. Um, really with the with the selection of strike you know we didn't expect Robbie Lawler to land a flush jumping roundhouse kick Um, so when it happened it was uh, it definitely elicited a crazy response from from the booth Um, you know Masvidal was a was a fighting champ was was looking very very strong but Robbie was coming off um, that Mortal Kombat contract in which, you know, he was really fighting for a lot more than just himself. And to go from the biggest underdog in the room to uh, the welterweight champion of the world overnight with, uh, with a knockout like that is, is unbelievable. I mean, that is, that is the craziest knockout of the year uh, when, I, when I look at this list. Just a wild, wild knockout. Yeah, it, but, and, but we and, have to – go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say an incredible knockout and uh, everything surrounding it too, right? Uh, let's not forget, Robbie Lawler is 2-0 and in this league and then retires after yeah. this performance. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if Robbie Lawler ends up getting drafted in season two, comes out of retirement, uh, maybe puts that O on the line, but absolutely great performance. And of course, we have to talk about the late, great Paulo Costa and Anderson Silva. Yeah. What what a what a moment here. Um I was super excited about this one. Costa had, you know, some harsh words for Anderson Silva before the fight saying that he was going to end the career of Silva. Um that Silva was, you know, his first favorite fighter um in the first um Brazilian that actually showed up in the UFC and did things uh the right way. 
Um, but that his time was over and he was going to kill him and end his career mercifully. And uh, the bell rings. I got the controller in my hand and 46 seconds later, Casa's raising his hands in victory. Still not the fastest win in the league anymore um, after Trevor submitted somebody in like 17 seconds, but still the fastest knockout. And, uh, you know, it was vicious overhands um, that ended it pretty quickly on Silva's part. So uh, a great performance makes it really sad to talk about that Costa's no longer with us, but um, I just thank him for being so great on that night, you know? Yeah. I think the, the one thing that we can do is, is honor him in a crow copy category. So while we're doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So who wins, um, who wins Max? Yeah. Who wins KO of the year? Let's, uh, let's see it. It is Bullet Club. Wow. Bullet Club racking wow. up, racking up the, uh, the Crow copies tonight. Takes home their second Crow copy. Robbie Lawler versus Masvidal. And how could it not be? Um, when you look at all of these on paper, it's the one that sticks out, right? You see overhand, you see elbow, you see hooks, you see uppercut. We had one of each of the main strikes. And then you see jumping roundhouse. And then you pair that with the fact that Robbie Lawler threw it in a championship fight against George Masvidal after earning a contract <laughs> and only being signed for one of it. I mean, the story is just The story unbelievable. is unbelievable. And then retires right after And then retiring. And then retiring unbelievable um so bullet club takes home their second crow copy of the evening well deserved too uh this next one's gonna be a ton of fun we have sub of the year sub of the max one thing one thing is for sure uh you and myself will not we will certainly not be on this yeah absolutely not i i believe i actually had the best sub um, in the league in our first event, Bet With Your Life. Uh, or actually, no, it would have been a fight week. In our first fight week, I had the best sub. I, I uh, <laughs> At the time, it seemed so sick when I was... Um, I was Joanna against Carlos Barza, and I was fighting Evolution. And I had the sleeper. I had the rear naked choke, and I transitioned it into an arm bar, and everybody lost their minds. And we've seen so many it. better submissions since then. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, but here we go. Let's hear the nominees. The nominees are for sub of the year. Hamza Chimaev versus Robert Whitaker via armbar. Daniel Cormier versus Yuri Prohaka, triangle choke. Habib Nurmagomedov versus Jorge Masvidal, one rear naked choke. Michael Chiesa versus Wonderboy, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, armbar. And finally, Charles Animal Oliveira against Francis Ngannou. There it is. Those are the five nominees. Yeah, so so many great submissions on here. Um, you know, the last one you said, I just it's going to be hard for me not to talk about that one to start off, but but I will will contain myself for now. Um, Boris Shamaya versus Robert Whitaker. When I look back at that fight and I look at the punishment that Boris took 
from Robert Whitaker. So, so much punishment. We're talking about <clears throat> on the brink multiple times. Uh, fight should have been over multiple times. Boars hangs in there, hangs in there, hangs in there, uh, and just finds the opening, finds the arm bar, gets the job done, submits Robert Whitaker. Um, unbelievable comeback from, from Boars in that fight. Yeah, and that was actually the moment that uh, that Eric got on the party and said he just did to me what I do to all of you guys <laughs> because he took such a beating, did AJ, and then snuck in that sneaky submission at the end. And I remember how close it was. It was like, holy shit, this is so close. So close. And then he hit the uh, the throw strikes where Chemayev's got the arm. He did. And he's yep. pounding him in the head. And it just jumped, and it was like, wow, Whitaker's actually losing this fight. Um, what a moment. What a comeback for Boris Chemayev. Uh, I definitely want to talk about uh, – it's one I was on the receiving end of, and uh, it was absolutely brutal. It was Masvidal, Habib won. Um, I was so psyched for this fight at Mortal Kombat. You know, the first three-round MMA – um, it ends in the third round with me knocking out Habib. And, you know, my my mood at that point is, wow, I'm about to win this lightweight championship. I'm about to beat Habib. There's no way I'm losing this, you know, three-round stand and bang that's about to follow. You know, this is over. I've got the championship. It's over. And uh, we all remember what happened. Um, Habib just outclassed me, outclassed Masvidal in the second uh, stand and bang. I definitely did a ton of damage, but it was eating so many of those straight shots. The jab was just getting through for Khabib over and over and over again. And he didn't throw a lot of significant strikes, but he threw one right as I was going for a spinning back, uh, a spinning back kick. And um, Masvidal turned his back to Khabib right as he threw an overhand and it dropped him. It dropped Masvidal, which led to us having to do the five-round MMA. I'm, I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling like I'm winning the first round. Um, and in round two, I knock Khabib down for like the second or third time. I get in ground and pound, um, almost finish him. And then, bam, massive reversal from Khabib. I've got no stamina. Khabib locks in the rear naked choke, and it's basically over when you've got no stamina and Eric's got you in a submission. Um, you know, it was absolutely brutal to lose that way. Um, it is one of the best fights in the league. Habib Masvidal won. And uh, it's a great it's a great submission finish. Yeah. Um, I remember being in the booth for that. Those three fights were so special. Um, and, yeah, hats off to Khabib. I mean, that was on his historic run with uh, uh, Browns equals crowns. Yeah, six straight uh, title defenses. You can't just sitting. Yeah, yeah. incredible. It hasn't been matched incredible. yet. Yeah, yeah. Or actually, yeah, it has been, but still really great. Um, Chiesa Wonderboy, you know, first of two underdogs mm. on this list. Um, it happened so quickly, not even everybody saw this, which underdogs yes. is, has become known for in this league. Um, but at the Ultimate Fighter, they get matched up. And before people flip over, he's got Wonder Boy in a submission, and he's get him, got him tapping. I think he might have even broken his arm uh, early in the he first did. round, a very early submission. And this wasn't against, you know, somebody that 
you know, isn't familiar with the game. This was against Franklin. This was against, you know, our scrappiest fighter in the league, right? And uh, that was just a great performance from Trevor. Yeah, and to score the takedown and to to um, to get a submission that quickly, uh, to this day, um, there's no video evidence, and to this day is still one of the greatest mysteries on the planet. Yeah, absolutely uh, a mystery. Um, what's not a mystery, though, is this finish that propelled DC to new heights, and that's Daniel Cormier against the Sheik's nephew, Yuri Prohaska. Um, DC, you know, in that fight from the beginning and actually beats Prohaska via triangle choke. Yeah, this was this was a fight where um, this was one of the early times that we got to see Prohaska. And he came out uh, with that those heavy hands and that very, very kind of awkward, unorthodox uh, fight stance. And sh- his strikes were coming from all different angles. Uh, and DC had a lot of trouble early on in the fight um, with Yuri. And, uh, and I, I think this was definitely a moment in time where had DC lost this fight, we could have been in a very different place than where we are today uh, with, with DC and the Shield. So um, just, just a – and to catch, to catch AJ in a submission is just so difficult. AJ is known uh, to be the best submission defense artist in, in the league. He is, he is world-class, absolutely. Uh, and 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 to to submit him is a feat in and of itself. I think he's so only to, been submitted twice this time, and by Brock Lesnar. And there you go. Yeah, and early on too, right? So this yeah. was definitely uh, this one definitely stood out as it was a little bit later in the year. Um, you just don't see this often from from AJ. So uh, that just shows you the the quality that Austin um, brings to the table. But also Austin kind of showcasing like, hey, I know I've changed my style, but I can still sub any one of you motherfuckers yeah, at any point. Yeah, don't, you know get, don't you motherfuckers get caught now. Exactly. Yeah, I um, believe he said that on the stream. He did. So, I think he did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and the last one, I, it, the floor Elephant in the room, Max. The floor is elephant yours. In the room. Yeah, yeah, elephant in the room. Um, Francis and Ganu, the Predator, Bloodsport 2. This was such an incredible event, the inaugural event for the MCC. Um, we've had so much fun watching Bloodsport over the years, and to have it uh, with our fight camps was so special. And in comes Charles Oliveira, and what what happened next is easily one of the greatest moments in the MCC history. Um, and may go down as one of the greatest moments in this game's history uh, indefinitely. So I would, yeah. Max, I know um, media team has been hard at work in, in getting some of these highlights together for us. Uh, do we have potentially an opportunity to hear the call from, from that moment? Um, in, in a couple, I think in a, uh, not yet, not yet. We, I think not they're yet. still working Spoiler. on it. They're Spoiler. still working on it. They're still working on it. Um, but one thing I I have to say and agree with you is that what a performance. 
um, it, it is one of the biggest moments and one of the biggest calls and absolutely one of the biggest submissions. Not just the fact that it's Oliveira subbing somebody, but the fact that this was in a blood sport and he was against the Predator who had just been upgraded to 100 power and he's a lightweight who weighs 155 pounds going up against a man that weighs 265 pounds. At the limit, mind you. He probably walked in. He, yeah, probably would, walked in you at say? 280. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's walking in at 280. And, and we have, obviously, this blood sport going on. Everybody's making their picks. And, you know, a lot of people thinking, man, Oliveira, he's going to come in. He's going to do the Hoist Gracie. <laughs> he's going to be in there against these big behemoths and sub him out. And... You know, it was fun to talk about and, and to joke about. Um, and some of you guys believed it, but it, it almost just couldn't make sense, right? There's no way that it could happen. And it did. It did happen. It was such an incredible moment that you also have to talk about the fact that he slammed he Francis sl- Ngannou. Yes, I was going to say, absolutely. He that slammed was, him. That was the craziest moment is you have these two – and it was just so it was it it truly was uh an it un it's unimaginable even talking about it now without without actually seeing the fight it seems impossible i mean just the stature difference between francis and oliveira is so massive that it was it 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 brought us to tears laughing at how different these two looked i mean one shot one shot from Francis could have ended that fight. And for, for Oliveira to not just go for the takedown, but to say to himself, you know what? I'm going to pick this motherfucker up and I'm going to slam him on his head. And then you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to try and break his arm off. And my God, he did. It was the Kimura, which you know that it's actually not the elbow. <laughs> it's not the elbow, man. It's not. It's a common misconception that it is the elbow max. But it's not. But it's, it's the shoulder It's pressure. actually the shoulder pressure. Yeah. Yeah. So Oliveira via Kimura. So let's hear from the let's hear from the Croatian Commission. The winner, sub of the year. The animal, Charles Oliveira. He did it. Kimura. He did it. He did it again. He did he it did again. It again. Um, it's crazy. It's 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 there's so many great subs here. You know the yeah, other nominees. Hats off to you guys. Do you have to? The animal. Boys, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited about this next this next category, John. Oh man. Moment of the year. Moment of the year. Yeah, um, we're getting into the we're getting we're into getting the into really the, exciting stuff. Yeah, the nitty gritties here. Moment of the year. I'm going to rattle them off. There's even some, some late entries that I don't think you have access to. Let's, let's just go through them. Here we go. The nominees for Moment of the Year. Diakis, TKO's Dustin Poirier. Down goes Habib. Justin Gaethje ends Habib's six-fight win streak. David versus Goliath. 
An injured Max Holloway defeats Boris Chimaev at Bloodsport. Conor McGregor calls his shot and becomes triple champ. DC goes on a run. GSP runs the gauntlet. The corporation in the NWO Wolfpack unveil the out-of-nowhere pay-per-view. The animal, Charles Oliveira, subs Francis Ngannou. And finally, DC and John Jones fight forever. So many crazy moments there, John. Unbelievable. I mean, where I are we even? How, where... I don't know how the commission is going to pick one. <laughs> how do we even start with this category? I mean, there were so many iconic moments this year. Uh, and this, this list does a great job of distilling some of that, for sure. I mean, I think the, I think the, uh, the commission got this right. I think there's a lot of really great ones here. Um, you know, I'll just, I'll just throw one out there right off the bat. Yeah, uh, please. You know, I, I think that the Diakis TKO of, of Poirier stands out. Um, what a moment. It was, it was one of the first true moments of the year, right? Um, we were placing our bets, putting our, our wagers in um, to see, you know, who we were going to put our money on. Everyone put their money on Austin, it felt like. Um, Eric and myself putting a hundred up, um, all, all in on Austin and Poirier and of course on paper, right. And especially keep in mind, this was early on in the year where Trevor really hadn't shown us much in terms of being able to stand with, uh, with some of the heavy hitters. Right. So we felt pretty good about Austin's chances and we put on the stream, the stream barely got started. And, uh, and Dustin is controlling the fight, right? He's got uh, Diakis down. Diakis gets up, and the rest is history. We're talking about overhands, roundhouse kicks. He's got him against the cage. He knocks him down three times in a row against the cage. With those, against the cage. With the, with the clinch against the cage, with the, the, just the, the fists to the face, he knocks him down three and four times. And then, of course... Uh, the call heard around the world as Trevor sounds off for the first time after an explosive knockout, a shock knockout, and calls out the whole league, puts the whole league on notice, calls out Frank specifically, saying, yeah. I'm coming for you in the next in the next pay-per-view. What a moment. You want to talk about moments of the year. Yeah. That's a great way what to a start. Moment. What a moment. It definitely uh, it definitely made that first pay-per-view. Um, it, I mean, it, it was incredible. It was incredible. It's the moment, you know, the next day we were all talking about, um, for weeks we were talking about how crazy, you know, that night was specifically because of that upset. Um, and yeah, it definitely cemented this league as something that, uh, was going to stay. Um, and I, I think back, you know, what might've happened if we didn't have that crazy moment that we all continue to talk about forever. Um, I think that, Diakis upset and the reaction after still the loudest pop of the year and absolutely still the, I think it was the moment that really cemented this whole thing together. So um, it's going to be tough to beat, but there's a lot of great, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good ones. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, 
Let's talk about, I mean, we just spoke about it. Oliveira subbing Nganu. Massive moment in, in blood sport in the league. Um, you know, we, we just talked about how great of a sub it is. It was sub of the year. It, it was not something that on paper made any sense, which is what I think makes for some of the best moments in the league. So it absolutely was a huge moment. It was a huge sub, and I'm not surprised that it's on this list. Um, hey, let's pat ourselves on the back a second, man. Let's talk about when we got the book in control, you and I, and we started off and we made bad blood and we said, hey, we're going to make this fight week, but we're going to make it a pay-per-view level fight week. Um, we're going to make all the fights, you know, really mean something and make just a really sick card. And we did. It was a great card. Um, and then you had this idea. You had this fantastic idea that we'd get everybody together and they'd all think that we were just going to, you know, shoot the shit, get on the party, talk about the league, do like a, a team selection show. And then when everybody got there and was ready to go, we were going to unveil. Just kidding, motherfuckers. It's pay-per-view eight. What a moment. <laughs> yeah. And I think it redefined what's possible in, in booking, right? It was a, felt like a pretty linear structure to, to booking events, right? You get, you pick a fight team and you guys pick a card together, but we wanted to mix it up. And I, I, I felt like what better way to mix it up than a little RKO out of nowhere, right? Getting a, uh, getting a whole entire new card uh, that has to be done on that night, getting everyone together and uh, saw some really special matches on that, on that night. But um yeah, I was super happy to do it, and uh, it was great to have the media team on board with putting something together to, to kick it off. So, yeah, what a great moment! Um, but we got we got a lot on this list, Max. Um, yeah, I will I will go ahead and uh, and uh, give you and your fighter credit uh, with that David versus Goliath. Holloway defeats Boris Shemaev at Bloodsport. Um, when when we look back at at Bloodsport, there are so many incredible moments, right? We talked about Oliveira versus Nganu and how crazy that moment is. But when you consider the amount of punishment that Max Holloway took, and to go into that fight with a much bigger, much more dangerous Boris Chemaev, mind you, two-time Bloodsport champ. This is this is the guy yeah. who people had all their money on was Boris, right? Uh, to go into and he that was so fight, fresh, he was so barely fresh. barely did anything in the first fight. Barely did anything through it was it was through two rounds, right? Barely got touched. Yeah. Um, and then to go up against him, and to be punished in the fight also, uh, punished throughout the fight, uh, and then to have just a flurry, uh, what the one of the best comebacks and one of the best. Uh, finishes in in league history um, flattens him he has him backing up against the cage after hitting him with a nice boxing combo and he flattens him with that right roundhouse kick to the temple pulls the arm out top mounts him finishes the fight what a what a special moment in that arena for for max holloway and and of course you at ringside not knowing if you're gonna have to take him to the hospital or put him on your shoulders after winning. Um, what a crazy moment. Yeah, absolutely uh, wild moment there. Um, 
definitely not one I'm soon to forget. Uh, and I've got to highlight a couple of your fighters uh, that made this, you know, GSP running the gauntlet, the middleweight gauntlet that we had. Um, extremely, extremely tough challenge to go through all of those, uh, all of those fighters, specifically Kevin Holland twice. Um, but yeah, GSP running the gauntlet, racking up those wins that night was incredible. Um, and he's really cemented himself as one of the top fighters of the league after that performance, but that was definitely a moment. Um, but for me, for the NWO, the biggest moment is Conor McGregor becoming the first and only, uh, triple champ, um, winning, you know, the featherweight title, the way he did with that massive trilogy against Volkanovsky, against the nation of domination, getting two out of the three wins there is big time. Um, you know, getting the welterweight win after Robbie Lawler um, vacates it, you know, McGregor, uh, sorry, GSP was the number one contender. So your fight team absolutely rightfully deserved to fight for the title. Um, GSP gets injured, McGregor slides in, you know, there's some talks of paper champ, he had to beat Dana White, yada, yada. And then just shutting everybody up by beating Justin Gaethje, um, who had just beaten Khabib. So it's almost like you get both rubs because Gaethje had just beaten Khabib, which we had seen torment our league up until then. And then finishing Gaethje with the elbow in a really dominant uh, first round KO. Conor McGregor becoming triple champ. What an incredible moment, man. I appreciate the love, and both those guys are are heading to the Hall of Fame. Both very, very special talents, and uh, Connor Connor's had an incredible year, and I'm very proud of both of them. But you just mentioned a fighter that I think deserves a lot of love and is on this list. Uh, we have down goes Khabib. Justin Gaethje ends the six-fight win streak, and you're talking about uh, a fighter who – there was no hotter fighter in the league than Khabib in the hands of uh, of Eric and Browns equals Crowns, especially during he was that pound, time frame. Pound for pound he number was one at the time. Pound for pound number one and invincible. I mean, there was no one who wanted any of that. And uh, AJ comes in with the nation of domination and true to form uh, dismantles uh, Khabib and, and rips the title away from him. That is... Yeah, Gaethje is the person that could be called out specifically too. It was it was just a, just an incredible performance, really answering that call. Um, and again, it was it was fairly one sided. There wasn't really any point in that fight where Khabib had any momentum. Yeah, just a dominant performance by Justin Gaethje, and um, what a run he went on, and uh, absolutely deserved that lightweight championship. So kudos to the nation for that performance absolutely and speaking of going on runs man uh you know there was a time i would say late april into uh into early may that the hottest fighter in the mcc was daniel cormier he had just received a bump from four and a half to five stars in two divisions and austin had just subbed yuri prohaka and beaten brock lesnar and had really turned the corner with his performances with DC 
And, you know, he follows that up with um, a big win over Jared Cannonier um, in the, it was a boxing match, I believe, where he threw a couple yeah. of kicks, but he ended up figuring it out. Um, and then all of this propels him to getting the fight that he wanted uh, against DC and what a performance he put on there. So um, unfortunately the run ends with a loss, but DC, man, um, I think the, the resurgence of DC was really cool to see. And I think it, it also lines up really well with an award that we just gave uh, earlier on, the most improved fight team. I think the performances of DC as of late really speak to how much Austin has improved. I couldn't agree more with you, Max. And I was, it was a great point you just had, which is, I think, I think that run that DC went on solidified him as that, uh, as that fighter of the year, most improved. And um, I think those two go hand in hand, right? That run was only possible because of the improvements, but um, and they, that, that won him that award. So really, really great, great moment for that for sure all right and uh the last the last moment of the year candidate is dc and john jones fight forever uh the (laughs) longest the longest fight in league history goes deep into the fifth round i think there was about a minute and a half left when the thing wrapped up uh you were in the booth for this one man well, you're going to hear this specific fight come up a lot um, during the Crow Copies in this award show. Um, it, it deservedly so. I mean, there's just there's not enough superlatives or words to describe this fight, uh, the moments in this fight, uh, the commentary in this fight, the quality of uh, both fight camps adjusting throughout the fight, um, the crowd. Uh, the cameramen, there were, I mean, I'm talking about everything. Uh, every, every single piece of that puzzle um, was just so spot on. And yeah, um, the crowd was chanting fight forever. And it's very fitting that uh, this specific fight went the longest out of any fight. And uh, every bit of it was action packed. Every bit of it had us on our toes Um just such a special moment honored to have been a part of it uh, and max you and austin uh, gave us an incredible gift that night uh, that we continue to talk about uh, to this day an incredible gift uh thank you so much for that it was an awesome fight one of the best fights i've been in the best fight i've ever been in um and it takes two to tango you know i i didn't make that fight on my own um, it was it was just an incredible moment to be a part of for sure. So I'm not surprised that it made this list. But let's get to it. Let's uh, let's end up. How do they pick? Copy. How do they pick? Who, who does the Croatian Commission pick here? I've got no fucking clue. I'm opening let's the envelope see. now. Let's the go. winner of moment of the year. Oh my god! Diakis TKO's poor. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a what what a win for both of those fight camps. Uh again, well deserved. Everyone in this category uh would have been a deserving deserving uh recipient of this award. But 
this moment really set the tone for the rest of the league and the rest of the season. Having a moment like that to really, really, I think, challenge all of us to kind of step up and, uh, and, and, and put ourselves in positions to make moments like this. Um, between um, everyone going crazy in the chat to what was happening with the stakes, how high the stakes were inside of that fight, uh, really, especially because it happened early on, um, and, and really where Trevor was compared to where he is today makes this such an incredible moment and uh, definitely well-deserving. Yeah, absolutely. Hats off to Trev. Walks away with his second Crow copy of the night, uh, tying himself with Bullet Club. So underdogs and Bullet Club um, coming out uh, firing tonight. Moving on, we've got uh, event of the year. Should be a pretty quick one here. We've got event of the year. And the nominees are the Ultimate Fighter 2, Champ versus Champ, Mortal Kombat, Out of Nowhere, Met With Your Life, and Bloodsport. Okay, so those are the okay. five events, the five nominees for event of the year. Anything stand out to you amongst these? Well, the purist in me says, you know, with Bet With Your Life, it was one of the first, an early event that really started to kick off uh, the themed events and the stipulation events. Uh, it really gave us some insight as to where your head was at in making some of these cards, Max. I know this is your brainchild. And uh, it just, you kept, continued to outdo yourself throughout the year with the types of events and the theming to the events. And that really kicked us off. That gave us a good indication of where we were heading in season one. Um, so certainly well, fi well fitting that that would be on the list for me. Um, but I, I, I got to just put it out there. I got to throw it out there. Um, Mortal Kombat. What, what, a, wow. what a special event. Um, not just the fights that happened at Mortal Kombat. The fact that it took place in the Kumite. Um, the fact that fight, we had fight, so, island. fight island fight island fight island um the theming of the of the event the purchase the, of the uh, uniforms purchase of the uniforms right the rope uh the rope wraps um having having that that stand and bang in between those two mma fights really made you feel like whoever was the best fighter was getting out of there um, just love the overall theming, the media team putting together a great, uh, really one of the first big production packages that we saw in the league uh, happened at Mortal Kombat. So, yeah, I just got to throw that out there. Yeah, that's a big one. Um, tough, too. So fun, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, having you and AJ in the coach's corner, the draft leading up to it, the uh, – you know, the hammer switching sides and, um, you know, the strategy that went into choosing who you're fighting. Um, overall, just a really cool event uh, to be a part of and to watch. And honestly, the the corners, you know, coaching the, the sides was made for me the most entertaining uh, event of the season. Um, lots of great events here. And there's some great events that weren't even nominated, right? Spin the wheel, fully loaded. Mm. Um, there were there were some 
evolution. There were some really great events. Um, for me, my money, I would pick tough too. I do think that Mortal Kombat was great. I think we did a great job with Out of Nowhere. Bet With Your Life, like you said, really started all of this. Um, and then Bloodsport had some incredible moments, as we've talked about already. Um, so let's get right to it. Let's see who it is. Let's hear it. The winner for Event of the Year. Tough 2. I think, I think the, the Croatian Commission looked at the updated format. Um, when you compare it from Tough 1 to Tough 2, they don't even seem like they're the same pay-per-view. Completely different styles. Um, Tough 2 really bringing in a lot of the... Um, a lot of the you know themes that you would see in the actual show the ultimate fighter and i think it made for just overall an incredible event from start to finish from draft to naming an ultimate fighter it was incredible now we've got uh we've got a handful left handful of crow copies to hand out and um there's some big ones man there's some really big ones yeah, we're next really getting is, down to the end of the night here. Yeah, Especially. we're getting down to the end of the night. And the next one is call of the year. Call from the booth of the year. We've got three nominees. And the nominees for call of the year are... Well, these are some excellent ground and pound strikes in UTC. There's an official... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This could be the MC of the century, boys. Holy shit! Oh my god! No, Austin, what are you? You're throwing! Let's go! Let's fucking go! Oh my god! Let's go! 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 let us I don't want to hear another motherfucking word. Frank, I'm coming for you Frank next fight you, card. Frank, you eat my ass. Austin, you fucking threw the match. I just blew I my own review. speakers in my I headset. I want to review. I want to review Austin through the match. Always crazy. Always crazy. Hoist Gracie! Hoist Gracie reborn! Hoist Gracie reborn! Once again, this could be oh, it! He doesn't this could good. be it! He pulls the arm out! Does Jones have enough? Cormier's gotta get a dodge right here. He's finished. Oh! With 90 seconds left in there, these two reptiles just finished devouring each other. Sons of bitches! Just gave me the greatest gift that a man could ask for! Holy shit, John Jones, what a defense. What a defense. And Daniel Cormier, what a fucking amazing effort. You think that John Jones will be on the DC and Hawani podcast next Wednesday? I Absolutely. hope so. Absolutely.